Welcome to the Chicago Rockcast. It's just me trying to break the ice because I've honestly been trying to record an opening to this episode for probably the last 20 minutes. And it's killing me because I'm thinking about this so much. So we're going to try and kind of wing this a little bit. And not kind of wing this a little bit because I did write something out. So I at least sounded like a competent member of the Human Society. So here we go. This is the Chicago Rockcast, and I'm your host, Bobby Navia. I'm the first assistant director of the movie Chicago Rock. It's a supernatural horror thriller that's out now on Xbox, Google Play, Reverie, Voodoo, Vimeo On Demand, FlixFling, Steam, YouTube, Amazon, Xfinity, and iTunes. See, that's the part I had written out. Uh, so before you listen any further to any of the podcasts, any of the episodes, uh, if you're a fan of the movies, if you're a fan of independent movies, horror movies, sci-fi, and we even got a little romance in there, uh, please stop listening to the podcast right now. Go and rent or buy our movie and give it a watch and then come back and uh, take a listen. Uh, Chicago Rock came out in 2017, uh, April of 2017, and since then uh, the Rock crew has just been working on different ways to keep the movie alive and spreading, just keeping the word out there through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just all the social media outlets possible. Uh, I came up with this idea to do a podcast where I would speak with my friends, just have conversations with them about the movie. All of them were different heads of the movie, director, writer, producer, uh, sound engineer, uh, makeup artist, uh, all of the above. Uh, usually something like this happens as maybe like a retrospective. You know, you listen to a podcast where someone is, you know, talking with Steven Spielberg about their entire body of work. But this is different in a way because we're having these conversations right at the beginning. Like this is our first movie, our first independent movie that we were able to make here in our, you know, hometowns of, of Chicago. Um, our first episode is with uh, Brant McRae. He's a lead actor and the co-writer of Chicago Rock. Um, I encourage everyone to listen to it first. It's a really great episode. And originally, I called the podcast The Chicago Way, but obviously we weren't putting out episodes like on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Uh, we had taken a break. I had taken a break to retool some things and uh, just get it a little bit more planned out. Uh, this episode is number two. It's with Dorian Weinzimmer, co-writer, director, and editor of Chicago Rot. If uh, I've known Dorian for like the better part of 10 years, and so if some of the conversation feels a little inside baseball, I apologize, but I tried to keep it as neutral as possible. Uh, we'd love to know what you think of both the podcast and the movie. So please rent, buy, and stream the movie, and download the podcast, leave us comments, and rate us on iTunes. So thanks everyone again for downloading and thanks everyone for listening and I hope you enjoy it. Everyone knows at this point as like you've directed it, you've directed the movie and you know, you've talked about the movie and experiences and all this other kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if one of the things people might not know is, is that Brent already had a script written right for the movie that would become Chicago rock. Correct. And yes. then like, you know, got in touch with you and then you actually did a pass at the script. 
like when the funding for the movie was like coming up and everything like that like how was it writing a feature for the first time but also at the same time collaborating with a friend and then adding or subtracting from his work and just sort of that relationship you know so we wanted to see something that just represented like what the city was and felt like to us right you know like a, a true chicago film so he brought it to me and it was you know it was immediately you know fascinating i mean it was very uh you know crude in the sense that you know it was like written very much just like straight up midnight movie you know we're gonna do this for like a hundred bucks yeah you know yeah, just like yeah. it's gonna be fun and we're just gonna yeah. have weird stuff and we're gonna have boobs and like blood and just <laughs> fucking somebody's pissing in the back corner of the shot i don't yeah. know why like just because it's a city dirty crude movie mm -hmm. you know and um you know, and so... So uh, what you're saying is you brought some elegance. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know... I We're just going to move this guy peeing in the corner over there. To yeah, that corner, right. Is what it is. It's more artfully positioned. Yeah, yeah it but is, still peeing. Exactly. Um, but, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, I think Brant had actually... Again, he had sown the seeds for making it more of a film already, I think, mm -hmm. in his, his initial draft. I don't, you know... It, it probably didn't occur to him or it certainly didn't immediately to me, but shortly after like my first couple readings of it, when I was thinking about where, where to take it, it was like, there's a way more interesting movie here than that, mm -hmm. you know? Cause again, it was like, we didn't know how we were going to get funding. Um, Kelly Kerr, our uh, executive producer, um, her and Brant had reconnected at that point, And there was some talk about potential funding. Okay. Um, which of course, luckily panned out and yeah. Kelly has been, you know, the EP for our film and done a bang up job of it. So but yeah, so when I started working with the script, um, you know, Brandt, uh, again, having just sort of like written this kind of like pastiche style, just like little bits at a time, um, you know, sort of like a, a mashup of just ideas that, that needed form to it still, mm -hmm. um, you know, the morality that was inside of this script was very just black and white. And yeah. it was just like, this guy's good. This guy's bad. Bang, bang, bang. They fight good guy wins, we all go home happy. Right. You know, it was essentially, it was more interesting than that still, but essentially that's what happened. Yeah. And, you know, just the way that the characters and the ideas were drawn together, it seemed like there was much more an opportunity to investigate the, the sort of morally gray areas okay. of some of these types of movies, you know, and... and um, Did you always want to do movies? Did you always want to, like, get into that? Or where was the, like... Where was the start of like, hey, you know what? I think I might really want to do this and, sure. see, and see where it goes. Like, what's the inception there? Yeah. Uh, no, I had no clue I wanted to get into filmmaking until I was like 25. I ended up going to UW-Madison uh, to study electrical engineering. And uh, however, in my like junior and senior years of high school, I had a couple really uh, just you know, inspiring and incredible teachers mm -hmm. who, you know, were in like my English, one of my English teachers, two of my English teachers and a creative writing professor that I had, um, were all pretty instrumental in, I guess, sort of like pushing me in this direction. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it was sort of one of those things where I remember very specifically, there was a, um, there was a assignment that we had, I believe in my sophomore year of high school, my English class, uh, Mr. Hirsch was my teacher um, he was very, yeah, eccentric, super nerd type of dude. We got along great. Yeah. Um, but, shout out uh, to Mr. Hirsch. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Hirsch. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, he's a very, um, you know, smart and, and I think just very insightful guy as well. And like, we had this prompt, it was a writing prompt, something about, um, the Adam and Eve story. 
Okay. Uh, it was something we read it in class as like a purely as a piece of literature, not yeah. as like having any biblical, you know, thing. Just like, hey, let's look at let's look at the Bible as though it's just another piece of writing. Writing. Okay. And judge it on those terms. You yeah. Know, what does it look like under that kind of microscope? And it was a really interesting assignment. And I remember I was at home. I, I don't remember the exact content of what I wrote, but um, I, I remember I wrote something like when I got, you know, it was just like an assignment, mm -hmm. whatever. I'm just going to, you know, spend 30 minutes and hammer out some shit and, yeah. <laughs> you know, turn it in tomorrow and then right. see what he gives us tomorrow. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, um, so I wrote it and then I was like, I don't know, I was like playing a video game or something, just hanging out at home. And I like, I, I just kept thinking about it and mm -hmm. just like what a piece of shit it was. <laughs> and I just, you know, I just didn't like the fact that like I knew... I was turning in crap. Okay. And I just didn't, it wasn't sitting right with me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I, I don't know, something made me go back and sit down with it again and look at it. Was and, it just like a specific, like, were you just looking at like Genesis as a whole or you were looking at like specific, uh, like, uh, it was just the Adam and Eve story. Oh, just yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was purely that. Yeah. So the garden of Eden, mm -hmm. you know, snake me up on all that shit, but, uh, <laughs> it all um, happened. It was all real. Yep. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <The> um, historical. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, I sat back down and looked at it again and, and like something, just a more interesting approach to this, something a little outside of, you know, the, the, uh, I guess very literal confines of, of what the prompt was, uh, you know, started to reveal itself to me mm -hmm. and it was something, you know, it was a little more playful, a little more humorous, but also, you know, kind of interesting and a little more insightful than what I had written before. Okay. And I just, I really, I had a really good time writing it. It yeah. was really fun to write. I felt like, you know, this, this weird connection somehow that like, you know, uh, uh you know, of course this happened with a, a story from the Bible, but you know, in a way I felt like I was a conduit in a sense and mm -hmm. that like, you know, there was this, this voice that existed in a, a sort of deeper center of my mind right. that was, you know, really finding its expression in this moment and, you know, potentially had never before or had just in fleeting moments, but it was this like, um, sort of, of, uh, uh, moment of, of, uh, sorry, it was this moment where all of these elements combined, like, you know, that, that, that voice itself and my desire to focus that voice into a very specific task. Right. And, you know, it happened to be writing and, you know, I've always, I've always written and I've always enjoyed writing, but this was like, I really felt something special, you know, when I, mm -hmm. when I wrote this piece and I knew when I turned it in that I was like handing in something very, very good, Yeah, yeah. which obviously, you know, opposite of how I felt about it before <laughs> I sat back down. And, uh, you know, so the following day after my teacher, after Mr. Hirsch had graded it, he like pulled me aside after class and he was like, I, this is really good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he like really, really liked it. And he wanted to push me towards like going into like AP English the following year. And like, there was a creative writing, um, right. Uh, program as well um and he was you know just started encouraging me to like you know whatever whatever made you do this like yeah. do more of that right um i think he was afraid to ask like do you do drugs <laughs> he didn't want to be like hey you know take drugs and write again yeah uh, that that wasn't the case um but, uh, you know, there was this weird, like, trepidation that I don't think until, like, a couple years later I realized. I was like, wait a second. I yeah. think he was, he was afraid I just got high and wrote, wrote something, wrote like, something. awesome. Yeah. And he was encouraging that. But, yeah. um, but no. Uh, so that was, you know, that was great because it was like, again, I, I had that feeling in the moment to have it immediately recognized mm -hmm. and encouraged by somebody who wasn't there when it happened but just saw the product of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, was able to recognize it. You know, he saw, like, holy shit, this, you know this is a person who just is finding his voice. Like yeah, really yeah. 
Um, so, so that was great that like, he really recognized that and, and pushed me on that track. And I did, I ended up, you know, going into like the AP English program, um, for both my junior and senior year, mm-hmm. um, where I had a teacher, another shout out, Mrs. Weatherby, Mrs. Weatherby. Um, Mrs. Weatherby was amazing. Um, one of those teachers hated having her as a teacher, <laughs> incredibly grateful for the rest of my life that I had her as a teacher. Had you know, she of, just I had one of those uh, flashpoint yeah. hard as hell. Um, you know, like if. If I had walked in with the bullshit first draft of the Adam and Eve paper, like, she would have known it yeah. when I walked through the door. Yeah. She just, like, would watch everyone come in, and if you had, like, bullshit in your bag, she knew it. And there was just, like, this... Dis- she wasn't even, like, get mad at you. Or, yeah. Like, you know, it was just disappointment. Mm. She just... She ex- she knew what we were all capable of that we were in that class. She had seen it before, and, like... Right. When she knew we brought in something that, you know, we weren't, we didn't put our entire effort and our entire selves into, she was disappointed, you know, and she knew it before we ever even handed her a piece of paper. Like she could just see it on our faces when we walked in because you, like we knew what we were walking into. (laughs) It was this like, shit, how am I going to play this off? And you can't, you know, she was like telepathic, but. So how long between, um, Brant's like 45 page, you know, script to, Hey, we got some. We got something here. I think we can like get going on. Sure. So, like, what it like from forty five pages to what like ninety, a hundred, one twenty, one hundred and thirty one, one hundred and thirty one. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, I swear I read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but okay. So then. <clears throat> oh, oh no! I'm sorry. Excuse me. There were one hundred and thirty one scenes. Oh. Okay. The actual page count was about uh, I want to say about 109 pages or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, something All right. like that. Yeah. Because yeah. we were, you know, we were aiming for like the 90 minute, you know, like Mark. hour and a half. Yeah. Kind of long thing. Um, you know, as long as it is good, of course. Right. But um, you know, that was sort of our our, our mark that we were going for, and I, I have a tendency to write a bit more of like a visually descriptive style mm-hmm. of writing, so. You know, there's a general rule of thumb that, like, it's a page per minute with scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be a little bit on the further end of that. So, um, in reality, the script is only, like, 60 pages. Right. <laughs> right? So, yeah. So, we felt confident that with, with my embellishments right. that, you know, about, like, 105, 106 <laughs> yeah. pages or so is probably, yeah. like, you know, an hour and a half. Wouldn't and, be hard to turn this into a novelization. Is yeah. what you're saying. And yeah. the movie ended up hour 43 minutes. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, stuff yeah, got yeah. cut, of oh, course, yeah. and changed and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, in, in general, it sort of ended up around the sweet spot where we wanted it, so. Aside from, um, aside from, like, main production, um, and aside from, you know, the torture scene with uh, the dildo, mm-hmm. because I know that's, consistently asked yes. of you. But aside from that, is <laughs> there... Well covered. Yeah. Is there a scene in the movie for you, you know, uh, spoiler or not, that is just sort of like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. This was, <laughs> this was, you know, and it could be anything. Like, it's not, you know, if it is the dildo scene, fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's I mean, okay. Yeah. No, there were, I mean, there, there were many, many, uh, yeah, days like that. I would argue, in a way, every day was like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I'm, I'm, of course, very happy to be able to say, honestly. Um, but, uh, I mean, in terms of, yeah, those, those really, really special moments where it was like, you know, again, going back to the story about, you know, rewriting that essay when I was a sophomore in high school and and just those moments where it really felt like everything clicked. Like, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, the the Lakeshore Drive scene was really, you know, the, the ultimate expression of that. It's a big one, dude. Um, I mean, it was huge and it was, you know, it was 
intense in terms of like, you know, what we were planning, um, how long we had spent planning it, how many sort of like moving parts there were, um, how much of the world outside of our controllable environment we were interacting with. Right. Um, and just the scope of what we were doing, you know, we were capturing footage now of, you know, basically sending one car into the wild of Chicago on Lakeshore Drive for a mile stretch and right. filming it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a big, ambitious, you know, it felt like a, you know, like a big movie, you know, kind of shoot <laughs> yeah. day. So all that, of course, was really cool. But, you know, it's just it was, it was also one of those scenes that was just incredibly important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, something I was unbelievably proud of as far as, um, you know, having having written and conceived of for the film. And, um, you know, just knowing it was something that was really going to communicate the true lifeblood and identity of this movie. Right. Um, something that, you know, immediately was going to take us outside of the realm of like the normal or the expected as far as filmmaking and also lay down the groundwork for some really, you know, in my opinion, you know, very interesting and unique storytelling uh, in terms of one character and her relationship with one of the other characters um, that it was, you know, it was just very proud of, of uh, how it felt, how much it felt like, you know, truly a part of my voice as a filmmaker. Okay. Um, and then seeing it all finally after, you know, the scene got delayed and delayed for multiple reasons, um, you know, logistics were nightmares, all sorts of stuff. And we finally got out there finally, you know, to film it. And it was like, everything just went perfectly, uh, to make that moment as, as, you know, important as it was. And as, um, uh, as amazing as it was and as poignant as it was. And, and then every time, you know, that's, that's always something people mention when they watch the movie too. It's like one of the first things people talk about is that scene. Even, right. Yeah. Even people outside of Chicago, it's, you know, they, they don't know what Lakeshore drive is, but they just still see it. It's very, it's a very scenic yeah. place. It's a very iconic drive. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it has a lot of weight visually um, without the context of being a Chicagoan. Right, right. And right, right. Um, so, yeah, as far as like being able to pull people into what the movie truly is going to become over the course of the hour and 43 minutes, like mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier with that as like a kind of setup scene. Yeah. And uh, I'm really, truly couldn't be happier with, um, with how it came together, um, how well it came together, and, uh, you know, how people react to it every time the movie gets screened. So then you decide that you're going to edit it. Is this like a funding thing? Yeah. We just didn't have money for an editor. Um, it was a couple. It was a couple things. Um, we we were looking for an editor. Yeah. Um, and we talked to a couple people. I mean, a finding an editor who's you know nobody was getting paid on yeah. this movie, so yeah. we knew we couldn't pay someone to edit the film. So we had to find someone who would edit it for free. Right. Which you know, editing a feature film is a mammoth task, right? As and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially our film, you know, with uh, some of the more outrageous, you know, scenes had like a lot of uh, a lot of coverage, a lot of very stylized um, types of uh, other scenes had very stylized types of coverage, so they had to be cut a very specific way that was you know envisioned prior to the actual filming of the scene, mm-hmm. and that you know they wouldn't if you approached it just as a regular like okay where's my master and my close ups and how am I going to cut this together right it's not going to work you yeah because you don't have those shots. Um, so you and Ryan the our Ryan Barino cinematographer yeah. edited it together. Yeah, so you know basically yeah. You know, the couple people we talked to who were maybe interested that could maybe make this kind of commitment, um, you know, cool people, very talented. Uh, it just was clear that it wasn't a fit. Yeah. You know, they didn't have the same passion for this that we did and or, you know, the, the style of filmmaking they were into wasn't quite the same. So they weren't just like 
as amped about this as yeah, we were. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ryan, uh, Ryan Barina, our cinematographer, and myself both have uh, quite a bit of editing experience as well. So this wasn't just like, oh, I can do this job. You know, how hard is it to edit? Um, you know, we, it was a very, uh, uh, metered and considered decision, mm -hmm. um, to do this. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, for my money in the future, I would still like to work with an editor. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the fact that Ryan and I edited it together was nice because we did have a collaborator yeah. and though we were both still close, you know, to the footage, so to speak, we were on set when we filmed it. So we know, oh, that shot was really hard to get. We need to use it, you know, yeah, whereas yeah. an editor who wasn't there would be like, no, fuck that shot. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, luckily we're pretty harsh critics of ourselves. So we didn't have too hard of a time making those decisions <laughs> most of the time. But, um, but having a collaborator in that post-production process where the, where the film really finds its voice and its final form, right. you know, is I think really important, especially somebody with fresh eyes who's really kind of judging this on, on a new from a new perspective. Um, however, I think that editing this film uh, was enormously important for me as far as like my personal growth as a mm -hmm. filmmaker. I might have, in some ways, I feel like I learned more from editing the film than I did from directing it. Okay. Having to sit and edit, you have to deal with your own mistakes. Right. You know, like the stuff that you go, oh man, I wish we'd have gotten this extra shot, or I wish we'd have started this shot a little earlier so I could have cut, you know, this close up mm -hmm. at this point in the scene instead of this one. And, you know, those little things are like, okay, next time, let's just run it the entire way through the scene, you know, instead right. of just like, oh, let's cut off these two lines of dialogue that will save us five seconds today. It's like, well, guess what? You're going to spend three hours working around that in the end. Yeah, so, right, exactly. Um, you know, so, so you know, in terms of, I guess, like a, a you know, cost-benefit analysis of how you're spending your time mm -hmm. on set versus in editing, you know, it definitely revealed a lot that was like, man, I know we were crunched for time, but, like, seriously, five minutes of extra time that day on set to fix this would have saved us a day yeah. in the edit, you know? Um, that's worth it. You know, I'll yeah. go over an extra five minutes that day to, right. to make that. So I, you know, better definitely, uh, equipped to make considerations like that in the moment when, mm -hmm. um, when we're filming, which is great. But, um, you know, all, all of that type of stuff where you just, you end up having like something doesn't work exactly the way you planned it out initially. Um, you know, yeah, little mistakes that happen, even just a little oversight, like a little continuity thing, you know, it's right. like all of that rather than handing it off to an editor, who sure, um, you know, they're probably going to tell you at some point, like, oh man, I'd work really hard to work around this. And you're like, oh man, that sucks. That's a lot different than having to actually sit there for the four hours yourself and, and make it, it work yeah. and figure out, you know, uh, um, you know, how to, how to make this function the way you intended and not compromise your story or your storytelling. Right. And, you know, again, that just all is teaching me and has taught me so much about, um, you know, how to avoid those things in the future when I'm on set. You know, yeah. I learned more editing the film was my time to review myself as a director. Yeah. You know, obviously I didn't have all the, like, what did I say to the actors between takes to like get yeah. them to this thing or whatever. But you know, just seeing the final output, which in the edit is all that really fucking matters. What right. did you get in camera? Right. Um, you know, how I could become better and at, at, at ensuring that we have those things that we need based on, you know, what the needs of the scene and the needs of the day are. Right. Um, all of that was gleaned so much more in the edit and having to make those corrections, <laughs> you know, or, you know, and sometimes other times it was just like what I originally envisioned didn't work. Yeah. So we had to reimagine it or just something else revealed itself in the footage. That was a better idea. And we went right. with that. So 
seeing all of that stuff actually play out, you know, was just, that was like, man, that was, that was like grad school for me, honestly, right. like it, it, having to do that. And yeah. In the future, I want to work with an editor, but like that first feature where you really good like, experience. Yeah. Forcing good yourself experience. to confront your shortcomings Yourself. and mistakes as a director. It's yeah. like, it, I mean, it, there were some difficult days where it was like, you know, and I'd get a couple hours into it. And it's like, I, just, I can't, I can't do this today. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I just feel, you know, like fucking inept. Yeah. You know, like what the hell was that? And then other days you're like, Oh my God, everything's working perfectly. It's like flowing. this is so good. Yeah. And even when you hit a little bit of a roadblock immediately, you're just like, no, boom, I saw, know what it is. I saw what I was doing. You know, my subconscious was pushing me towards yeah. that day. And like, so, you know, not to say it's all negative or like, you know, no, no, no. the bad things you learn about, you also learn your positives. Yeah. You know, you understand where it's like, oh man, this thing that I do that I thought was just sort of like a tick or like me being, you know, uh, overly uh, concerned mm-hmm. about not having enough footage for the scene or whatever is right, actually right. like really beneficial for this other reason, you yeah. know? So. Well, are you happy with the movie? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking loot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it, you know, enough times. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, goddamn, man, do I love it? And I mean, they're really, you know, I'm the, the proudest thing I can say is about the film too is that I mean, there there really is nothing else like it out there. Yeah. Um, I say that with with no ego, uh, from a purely just objective standpoint, I can say there there is literally nothing like Chicago Rod out in the world, and um, you know, that's one of the most important things for me as far as being a filmmaker is to produce new and unique and uncompromising experiences for people. Cause that's what I seek as a film goer. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what I want to provide. Cause I see a little bit of a, a deficit of it in the world nowadays. So, well, I think that's a pretty good way to end it, man. Yeah, I think so. All right, dude. Thanks for doing this. Oh, dude, my pleasure. <laughs>